The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'd like to offer some thoughts <clears throat> about the Buddha's Parinibbana Sutta. The uh, particular section of the discourses that this comes from is called the Dijanakaya, the collection of the long discourses of the Buddha. So in this collection, there are 34 suttas or chapters, and the 16th and the longest is called the Parinibbana Sutta. And it is the story of the last days of the Buddha's life and teaching and kind of what happened at that time and what were people thinking of. It's very much in the tradition of all of what we call the suttas or the uh, discourses, the uh, written information that comes down to us from 2,500 years ago. First a couple of hundred years as an oral tradition and then later as a written tradition. So it's very appropriate that we consider this time in the life of the Buddha and his teachings. For one thing, it was springtime back then. And now we've been experiencing here an amazing springtime, kind of in the middle of the winter, but still the beginning of springtime. And who knows with global warming, maybe it's what springtime is getting to be these days. So it's springtime and it's a time to notice that all that we care about and all that we're connected with does come to an end. One of the most powerful teachings of that 2,500-year-old tradition is called the five remembrances, one of which is that everything that we hold dear will change. It is of the nature to change. And inevitably, it will change. And of course, by everything, we mean everything that is of this physical world, everything that has formed, has been born, and so forth. There are some things that you can think of that will be consistent, but they uh, are elusive and subtle. Most of the things in our lives that we are attached with and we hold very dear will change. And so this is what the people 2,500, almost 2,500 years ago, about 480 BC, were facing with this teacher that they had loved and followed so much. So I'd like to <clears throat> use our powers of imagination and have us reflect on this time. And then I'm going to share some of the writings that come from that time so you can get a flavor of what the teachings were that were communicated verbally and also what the lesson, what the, the overarching lesson is of how this man ended his life in this world.
So just reflect for a moment on a time about 2,500 years ago in the Ganges Valley to the north of the Ganges in the foothills of the Himalayas in a very small town, a rural town that was not particularly famous or well-known or on a trade route or really particularly renowned in any way. And in this town, the Buddha and several of his closest followers arrive. And he's about 84 years old, has been teaching for about 45 years. He's tired He's been suffering from indigestion. There was a celebration dinner a few nights back that there may have been some tainted food at, and his indigestion is bothering him. And it's clear by his statements that he wishes to end his teaching in his life. Three months prior to this time, he predicted that in three months he would end his life. And that was in a very large population center and the news went out to many people. And rather than be surrounded by so many people in these last three months, the Buddha and a few of his close followers have kind of migrated north into this small little village off the beaten track. And on this particular day, the Buddha got together with his cousin, Ananda, who has been with him since the very beginning, one of his closest supporters and followers. And they've had several conversations, and Ananda has expressed his concern about what happens after you leave and how can the teachings continue. And we know that uh, even though your teachings are very clear, that the group that is trying to put them into practice has difficulties and confusions and animosities and resistance. And So how can we go forward from this time if you personally are not here to help us? to give us continuing counsel, to be present for us, to answer our questions and our concerns. And so that is the atmosphere as the Buddha contemplates possibly his last hours. So just for a moment... Let your imagination hold this situation. And imagine that you are the Buddha. You are the teacher that has taught for 2,500 years, uh, for 45 years, 2,500 years ago. And your teachings have been at once electrifyingly wonderful and also quite disturbing. 
They have upset the traditions, the long history of uh, religions and uh, visions of how society should work. In particular, they have given people the thought that in this lifetime they can free themselves of their suffering and of their difficulties and that they can find freedom in this lifetime completely contrary to all of the background religions that have been present. So it's been a revolutionary time. So just imagine that you are the person that has brought this revolutionary teaching and you're coming to the end of your teaching. What would you say to leave as your ultimate last teaching? In the suttas, the last admonition of the Buddha. O present ones, those who seek full awareness, I say to you, these teachings of what I have direct knowledge and which I have made known to you, these you should thoroughly learn, cultivate, develop, and frequently practice that the life of purity may be established and may long endure for the welfare and happiness of the multitude out of compassion for the whole world, for the benefit, the well-being, and the happiness of all beings everywhere. As I end my life and my teachings, I exhort to you all compound things, all things that are born in this world are subject to vanish. Strive with earnestness. The time of the teacher, the time of the teachings is ending. My years are now full ripe. The lifespan left is very short. Departing, I go hence from you, relying on myself alone. Be earnest then, O beloved ones. Be mindful of virtue. Be firm with your resolve. Guard your own mind. Whosoever untiringly pursues the teachings and the discipline shall make an end of suffering for themselves and shall contribute to the end of the suffering of this world. Behold now, Precious ones, I exhort to you, 
All compound things are subject to vanish. Strive with earnestness. And those were the last words of the man that we call the Buddha. And shortly afterward, recorded in the suttas, are comments from people that were present at that time. So these are some of the comments. One says, all must depart. All beings have life. They must shed their compound forms. Yea, even this one, a master such as he, a peerless being, powerful in wisdom, the enlightened one, has passed away. Another, transient are all compounded things, subject to arise and vanish. Having come into existence, they pass away. Good is the peace when they forever cease. And a third one. No movement of the breath, but with steadfast heart, free from desires and tranquil, so the sage comes to his end. By mortal pangs unshaken, his mind like a flame extinguished finds release. Impermanent are all compounded things. How could this be otherwise? Enough, friends, do not grieve, do not lament, for has not the Blessed One declared that with all that is dear and beloved there must be change, separation, and severance? Of that which is born, come into being, compounded and subject to decay, how can one say, may it not come to dissolution? The most aware among us are aggrieved for the loss and yet happy and at peace. So in this springtime, when flowering is all about us, let us remember that all is subject to change and that through this change we can find peace and happiness even in the midst of the change. So thank you for listening to my words and we'll end in the tradition of the 2,500 years of sharing the merit. May any benefit that comes from our gathering today be present in our hearts and in our minds and in the hearts and the minds of all people through our lives everywhere, wherever we touch this world and this population. May all beings be safe from inner outer harm. May all beings be happy just as they are. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be at ease, living vitally in this world just as it is. 
And may all beings be free.